WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. Joining me on the phone right now uh, is uh, is Tackle Terry Tuma. And, and uh, we were chatting here before uh, before we got on the air here, too. It's like... We never have uh, never have a problem finding enough to to talk about, so that's <laughs> that's always a good thing. So welcome, Terry, and and good morning. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, and good morning to you and to all of our listeners. Well, it, it and uh, what a what a strange weekend here we're we're, we're looking at here. I, uh, normally, don't uh, talk about seventy five degree weather in uh, in November here, but uh, um, it's going to be quite the weekend. Yeah, it really is, Kevin. You know, especially with the high winds uh, forecasted in our areas, uh, and it's already quite breezy out there right now. And so we've had, you know, all, you know, different weather patterns for the last what month, basically, mm-hmm. and even throughout the summer has been sort of unique with winds and fluctuating temperatures. And two, it's just a time frame in the upper Midwest where it can change. I call it change on a dime. Yeah, and uh, it's. <laughs> Who, who knows when I walk out of the building here when the when my show is done today and and it could be raining and snowing and it's, or snowing or one of the you know just you just never know around here sometimes but uh, uh, let's you know we, we, we do have a, a, a bunch of things to uh, to talk about so uh, if, if you don't mind uh, let's talk about something that again kind of seems a little odd to talk about on on such a beautiful weekend here but uh, uh, and, and that is, uh, some ice fishing, and not to, and also one of the things that's important to talk about too, uh, when we get to the cold weather season here, is frostbite, uh, which is something you know I, I don't know if a lot of people necessarily think about uh, uh, an awful lot, but certainly is is definitely something to uh, to to keep in mind when uh, when headed out outdoors when uh, when the weather gets cold. It really is, Kevin. Yes, and it doesn't have to be just sitting on the ice. It can be uh, in the boat when you have some, you know, cold, cold temperatures. And it's something that we think so often um, um, that it's not preventable. It is definitely preventable. And I've had some real painful experiences ice fishing, especially uh, with my fingers. And mm-hmm. the, the factor here that is sort of a reminder is that it you become more prone to get frostbite uh, with temperatures not even getting quite as cold, so you're more prone to that. And, you know, if we really dress accordingly and take steps into avoiding uh, frostbite is, you know, one is wear a hat that covers your ears, light mm-hmm. pair of gloves under mittens, uh, replacing uh, bait or when you're moving hooks, is that where those light pair of gloves comes into play, if you will, and then two uh, loose layers of clothing, not tight, well insulated footwear, including good socks, and drink fluids, but limit coffee, avoid liquor and tobacco, and then you can also increase your carbohydrate intake. So there's a lot of factors here that we can do to avoid it. But you know, one thing, and I just spoke to somebody uh, just a little bit ago that you know. If we're not dressed properly, you know, on the ice or in the boat even, you know, when you have these cold water temperatures, you start to shiver, and that's an automatic message from your brain. And once we start to shiver, then we are not concentrating fully on catching fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and you know, just, well, just I think in general you, you tend to get uh, uh, a little lethargic, and, and you're not necessarily thinking clearly. And, and it can be very subtle, and, and you don't necessarily 
realize it. It kind of creeps up on you sometimes. But yeah, I mean, it just you know you talk about the physical part of it, but and and that's certainly uh, not fun. My I the older I get, the the more. Uh, I, I certainly feel the cold temperatures in in my hands, in my fingers, uh, in doing outdoor activities. But um, you know, I, I, you know, there's kind of a mental aspect to it uh, as well that that kind of you know can um, make you think uh, not so clearly. Well, that's right. And you know, we can tell when it's starting to take place, Kevin, is a little bit of redness in your fingers or wherever mm-hmm. you're uh, prone to have frostbite, numbness prickling are just sort of early warning signs and you know what we need to do is go to a warm place immediately do not prolong it if you cannot get to a warm place uh, immediately is you know if you're out on a boat and you've got a long ride ahead of you what you can do is actually put your hands underneath your armpits and that'll keep mm-hmm. those areas uh or your fingers much warmer the other is if you've got uh, um you know, any way of covering up more so in, in a boat or on the ice, by all means, do it. And But once we do feel that we're getting frostbitten, we get to a, uh, a home or wherever it may be, is go for a gradual warm-up, not a hot warm-up. You know, like if it's your hands or your feet, place, place them in warm water, not hot for a gradual warm-up. And the other two is, is do not go into the direct heat, but this can cause burns. And so there's a lot of things. And the other, I hear a lot of, well, rubbing snow or massage was affected areas. Do not do that. And you can expect, you know, you, those areas to turn red, tingling, and burning feeling. And if it starts to blister, then you should really go to a medical mm-hmm. facility to have them take a look and see how severe it is. And I have, and I'm sure you have too, where my fingers have, uh, been peeling, mm-hmm. and that also is a sign of a little bit more severe frostbite. Yep, exactly. And uh, it, fortunately, I, 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 I've I've been lucky enough to to get someplace warm before uh, anything terribly severe has happened. But yeah, there there have been times where it's uh, uh, even with the you know what I thought were the best of uh, you know dressed properly and everything. Yeah, it's just especially especially the extremities you know the ears and the fingertips and things like that uh boy yeah it and you know the and the thing is too it doesn't take that long it really doesn't on some uh, when it gets when we get that those real cold days it just does not take very long at all no it is not you know we're, all, we're talking ice fishing in the boat but it also can be uh affecting the hunting people mm-hmm. yep exactly you know when you're you're sitting in a tree stand and and things like that. Yeah, it, uh, it, it and you know I think to a certain extent too. Some people kind of uh, uh, you know you you think it has to be extremely you know you know a, a foot of snow and it has to be you know windy blowing cold. You know it just has the air temperature just has to be cold. I mean it doesn't have to be you know extreme weather or anything by any stretch of the imagination. Well, that's right, and I think you know it really pertains to ice fishing. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, dipping your hands into a cold minnow bucket. You know, use a net uh, of some sort yeah, for to prevent that, and just you know, keep your hands warm. Use a pair of light gloves if if need be in, inside a fish house. Just use sort of, I guess we can say sort of use common sense, but something we do need to avoid. And 
to have those painful experiences when it's avoidable uh, is something that we, we should practice. Just, you know, take heed of your body. Your body is telling you what to do and what not to do, and if we do that, we'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Well, and, 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 you know, the other thing, too, is, uh, and, and I've talked about this in the past as well, where, you know, there are some things that, that you can be frugal on when it comes to spending money with in, in terms of fishing tackle and, and things like that. But there are some things that you get what you pay for. And a, a good pair of gloves and a good pair, you know, and warm gloves, warm clothes, uh, things like that, those are worth the, you know, if you're going to be spending a lot of time out in the outdoors, you know, fishing, hunting, whatever, it's worth that investment to, to spend that extra money for those good quality, durable products that, you know, are, are really going to protect you. You know, don't, uh, uh, don't be cheap when it comes to, you know, something like gloves because it will come back on you. Well, definitely. And somebody was asking me, Kevin, too, you know, for a, a novice uh, ice hanger, what should we do, you know, about, what kind of equipment? Mm-hmm. And we talked quite a little bit about that. But also, too, I think number one, as you mentioned, get Good warm clothing, because if and you've seen, I've seen people sitting on the ice not dressed properly, and you know they're sitting on a bucket for an hour, and all of a sudden they're gone. Well, that's because of the cold temperatures. And here again, we need, and that's a, just a good basic format. Don't just assume that you got enough clothing. Make sure it's good. As you mentioned, good quality product. It's a wise investment. It's going to make your trip much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and well, and like you you said as well. You know, they that with with that quality stuff, you're going to be able to stay out there longer and be able to do more and, and hopefully be more successful as well. Well, definitely. There's no question about it. you are going to be more successful because if you're sitting out there cold, you're thinking, well, I'm cold, I'm cold, your concentration is gone mm-hmm. and uh, or very, very limited. And it's something that we just need to pay attention to. Like I said, I experienced this frostbite in my fingers for so many years, and, you know, shame on me in the sense of the word, but... Uh, but now it doesn't take much for those cool temperatures to start to remind me I have had frostbite. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And yeah, it's it seems like once you once you've kind of experienced it, it just it it happens again and again. You're you're right, like you mentioned. So yeah, it's uh, uh, definitely uh, something you 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 don't want to mess with. And and like you said too, ultimately uh, it's just going to take away your concentration on on what you need to be doing to 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 find those fish. And you know, and we think so. Well, I can overcome that. Overcome that issue? No, you can't. Well, once you're cold, and your brain will not allow you to change course, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. if you're shivering out there, Kevin, it's pretty hard to concentrate on catching fish. Yep, exactly. And 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 again, it doesn't matter whether you know if you're in a boat or on the ice. It just yeah, it it you're 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 working at cross purposes there. Yes, and the other factor, too, here, it doesn't mean that we have to have sub-zero weather to get frostbite either. You know, just, you know, cold, cold, hanging onto a rod with no gloves on, you know, mm-hmm. when it's, uh, you know, when you have uh, uh, cold, cold weather conditions, you know, and then you also lead to, you know, here again, we've got another factor here with hypothermia. Yep, exactly. Well, yeah, and that, that uh, I always kind of think of the two somewhat, uh, a little bit hand-in-hand hand here, of course. Uh, and, and you're right, uh, you know, it does not have to be uh, below freezing for, for someone certainly to get, uh, to get hypothermia as well, and that uh, brings with it a whole other set of uh, 
problems and, and difficulties when uh, you're out on the water or out on the ice. Well, there's no question about it. I've actually experienced breaking through the ice, not, uh, you know, uh, in real, real deep water, but breaking through and then uh, your clothing gets wet, your mm-hmm. uh, feet are wet, your boots are all full of water, and uh, it is not very enjoyable. It sends such a shock to your body, uh, you cannot even express what kind of a shock it is until you actually physically uh, have it happen to you. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and uh, I, I, knock on wood that I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to never have that happen, but you're right, uh, the, 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 the people that I've talked to that have experienced that, uh, again, it, it's something almost indescribable in terms of just what that does to your, physically that does to your body when, when something like that happens. Yeah, you're exactly 100% correct. And something here again, you know, we can prevent this, you know, by, you know, for instance, if you're out ice fishing, watching uh, the ice conditions so you don't break through, don't gamble on ice um, thickness or weakness. Uh, same thing with if you're in a boat, just use common sense dress properly. You know, if you feel anything that's not normal to your body, get in and get warm. Yep. Well, and the, and the other thing, too, is, is that, uh, you know, uh, I, I think about, and I, I know there have been instances um, where people have been in boats in, you know, at, around this time of year, and the water temperature is, well, this morning it's in the mid-40s, you know, and, uh, unfor- you know, they, they've fallen in, and even in 40-degree water, you know, that's just enough of a shock to the system, and, and if they weren't wearing necessarily a, a life jacket, uh, it's uh, a life-threatening situation, if not, uh, unfortunately, a fatal one. Oh, you're exactly right. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, as you mentioned, you don't have to have sub-zero temperatures, outside temperatures, to um, get hypothermia, you know, in cold water temperatures. You know, we hear so much about duck hunters and so forth, mm-hmm. you know, and that's open water, but it's just cold, and they get hypothermia. So, uh, you know, that is a factor. We should just be alerted to that. That's the biggest uh, issue, and if we don't, it's going to cost us, uh, you know, enjoying the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Exactly, in a, in, in a number of different ways. Terry, uh, take a short break here, and then uh, uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit uh, a little bit more here this morning. Uh, my guest is Tackle Terry Tuma on WKTY Outdoors. We'll take a short break, come back in just a few moments on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. WKTY Outdoors, brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. He'll tell you where the fish are biting. Just go in and ask. Guys, kids, you spent your autumns bobbing for apples. While you were belly up to that trough, I was hanging off the side of a boat bobbing for fish. I never did catch one, though. Years later, some guy tells me to go to Roscoe's Live Bait. They helped me find a pole, tackle, and a whole bunch of other goodies, too. Wouldn't you know it, that made fishing a whole lot easier. Fall fishing is even better when you don't fall in. Cast your line as the air cools with Roscoe's Live Bait and Toma. Stop in to get the gear you need and to find out where they're biting. Roscoe's. It's where everyone goes. 
Does learning a language feel like this? No habla espanol. Hablo. It's hablo? Yes. It's hablo. <laughs> when you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. Since my husband is from Guatemala, I'll apply what I've learned in Babbel to our real-life situations. The app is so easy to use, and it's so practical. It helps you learn things that you will actually need. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Out in the woods, there's an element of calmness, a sensation unlike anything else. When you're out there, you're in the moment. And when it's gun deer season in Wisconsin, there's no place you'd rather be. Waiting for silent movement takes patience, humility, and appreciation of the land, of the hunt. It's tradition for your family. It's also tradition at Ace Sportsland of Lacrosse. Not only do they offer all the hunting gear you need, they use it too. Share your love of the outdoors. Ace Sportsland in Ace of Lacrosse, Mormon Cooley Road. WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. It's coming up on 843. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you for joining me on the show this morning. WKTY Outdoors brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma and by Ace of Lacrosse Sportsland in the Shelby Mall on the south side of Lacrosse. And back on the phone here with uh, Tackle Terry Tuma on the, the program this morning here and uh, talking about a, a variety of different things uh, and shifting gears a little bit to, to talk a little bit about uh, um, uh, tungsten and using that for uh, for a, a tough bite. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, what uh, uh, what are your thoughts on that, Terry? Well, first of all, you know it's been said so many times: use it for an aggressive uh, bite because of the fast drop. And you and the size and the weight of tungsten, of course. But I really feel I've done quite a bit of experimenting with this, Kevin, for uh, especially for crappies and sunfish. I really feel it's a big plus factor for catching tough bite uh, sunfish and crappies. And the reason being is that uh, one, it, it increases the sensitivity, unbelievable. Then also two. Uh, just because of the weight of it and the profile of it, uh, you you can obtain different jigging actions, especially with uh, uh, a braided line like fire line. And then also, too, is that it indicates really a, a real subtle bite. Uh, that's, again, because of the sensitivity factor tied in with the line. Mm-hmm. But it really is a big tool. It is not only for this aggressive, fast-dropping lure. I think we need to expand on that and really work with it. Because last year, especially, that's what I'd done most of the winter fishing for crappies and sunfish. I really feel it's a big plus factor that no one really relates to. Well, and, and, and it's so and so important uh, in terms of, of ice fishing uh, with with that subtle bite. It 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 is just you know so much uh, so much harder. Uh, I, I think in the winter time, and that uh, that you do get those those real light bites that uh, uh, I, I guess I don't necessarily experience uh, during the regular during the open water season. But you're right. You know these bites can be so light that I would have ventured to guess that many anglers that are sitting on the ice are missing fish because they're not alerted to this real soft bite. And so many times, you know, if you feel something that is just not there uh, or feels like it doesn't feel like it should feel, set the hook. The other two is I use it a lot for I use a Vexlar, and then when that lure lines up uh, with that red line of the fish, then I, many times I set the hook right then and there because we don't know for sure if that um, 
fish has inhaled it, uh, and it's just amazing how many more fish we can catch. Uh, many times, if you can stand up and you, and just set that hook firm and hard and straight up, and it's just it's a big plus factor, Kevin. What we always need to remember: hook sets are free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's uh, that's true. And, and and I guess do you have a preference in terms of uh, species that 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 we're we're talking about here? Are we looking at panfish, or are we looking, you know something like walleyes or uh, northerns, or something along those lines? Generally speaking, crappies and sunfish and walleyes. Okay. I really feel that you know where these you know uh, yeah for northern pike I usually don't use that I don't fish a lot of northern pike I mm-hmm. did in the past but not so much anymore but it just it's just amazing the other thing too is that you know when you got these finicky sunfish especially uh, but also can apply to crappie fishing but finicky sunfish is that you got that real small profile but you still have the weight there to get it into the strike zone where those fish are at mm-hmm. yep and yeah and and, and you, you you mentioned the I know we talked about ice fishing line last week here too, but uh, you know it, it it it's part of the equation with uh, with with using those tungsten jigs. Well, there's no question about it, Kevin. I I feel that the lighter line is definitely a factor. I have been using, as we mentioned last week, a lot of braided line for ice fishing for walleyes, crappies, and sunfish. I feel it's a real big plus factor, and then also because of the sensitivity part of it, and then also too is that you know we have to realize too, like with a braid, that your lure is going to fall much quicker because of the thin diameter, less resistance. And then if you've got these real finicky, especially big sunfish, uh, it's going to also pertain to crappies. You've got that minimum amount of drag resistance versus, say, four-pound mono. It's going to uh, allow that fish not to think something is not quite right, and so they're going to completely swallow it or get it into their mouth, and that's hooks at time. Mm-hmm. And and you you touched on this uh, a few moments ago as well, where uh, uh, you, you know you're looking at uh, at your vexilar and and when things line up, you're setting the hook. You're not even necessary. And just to, I, I just kind of want to touch on this point. You're not even necessarily feeling that bite. You're just simply you're reacting to what you're seeing on the on the uh, 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 on the the vexilar. Oh, there's no question about it. Yes, Kevin. Uh, it's just you're reacting to what you're seeing on, on the uh, Vexlar. It's just amazing how many times we do that, how many fish we catch, instead of waiting for that feel of that bite. And I'll, it's just a good example. I was shore fishing yesterday for uh, for crappies and sunfish and walleyes, and I just sort of stumbled on uh, what was taking place is that I was using a bobber system with, uh, um, uh, with bait, and I seen these sunfish coming up below the surface, maybe three, two feet below the surface. And they would hardly ever look at the bait, but then I would take that bobber, bring it above the uh, level of the water. And when my minnow, I was using minnows, and when that fish would inhale, in, sort of inhale that minnow, I would set the hook. Bobber never even moved whatsoever, but I was, that was a visual aid. And when that minnow sort of disappeared, I'd set the hook, and the fish was on. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, uh, and and that's and that's uh, something that I, I think a lot of anglers uh, overlook. That takes some, and something like that does take a little bit of practice as well. I mean, it's it's not something that that it's it doesn't it's it doesn't come across as instinctive. You know, you feel the tug, you set the hook. Uh, this is a little bit uh, a little just a little bit different. 
Yeah, it really is. I think just experience and, and allowing yourself to experiment is a big factor. <laughs> what we have to remember is that fish are able to reject the bait in less than a quarter second, Kevin. Mm-hmm. So if anything, you know, this is worth out. Braided thin diameter line plays a role. The right bait size, the right uh, lure, paying attention what you're seeing, what you're feeling, and then you're able to set the hook. You know, a quarter second, most anglers cannot react quickly enough to process it through the brain process, if you mm-hmm. will, sure. and then also the reaction of setting the hook. Yep, exactly. Well, and and, and again, just to, to, to bring up the point, we talked when we were talking about hypothermia as well, when you're cold, you're not, and, and, and I'm just going to, we'll move on from here because I want to talk a little bit about shore fishing here. But again, you know, when you're cold, your brain, you're, you're definitely not going to be able to process all of that and, and react like you should. Well, exactly right. Or if you've got some frostbite taking place in your fingers, mm-hmm. you just, you can't. You know, your brain is not allowing you to do that. Yep, exactly. And and uh, I, I did kind of want to touch on uh, one other thing here, too, and and that is shore fishing. Uh, we talked about getting the boats put away uh, last weekend, and um, with the exception of this weekend, which uh, will be uh, uh, interesting in terms of the weather. But, uh, um, you know, shore fishing, you were having success yesterday fishing from shore, and, and you know, it, it certainly there's certainly plenty of opportunities out there for, uh, for success. Well, there really is. There's so many locations, Kevin. In fact, we had some conversation regarding that. You got, you know, public access where the boats have been already, uh, the um, docks have already been pulled out, and those areas can be very productive. Many times, it's a little deeper in those locations. Uh, below dams, also extremely productive on, you know, some of your smaller river systems. Uh, also, there's fishing piers out there. Uh, there's areas where you can fish, you know, like on the river off the some of the wing dams, some of the uh, uh, riprap areas. There's so many places that we can fish. Uh, it's unbelievable. Hey, what species can you catch? You can really catch all species, and I really feel it's a great walleye opportunity too. Mm-hmm. And and what what uh, I, I guess how are you you setting things up in terms of uh, what you're what are you using and things along those lines for uh, for walleye fishing from shore? Generally speaking, it's going to be a, a slip bobber with a fathead and a colored hook. Uh, possibly a bead above the colored hook uh, for added attraction. That's one. And the other is tossing jigs, smaller jigs with uh, fat heads, and then retrieving very, very slow. Uh, depending where you're fishing, if you've got a lot of rocks and so forth, you do need to uh, retrieve slow, keeping it above those rocks. Otherwise, you're going to get hung up or snagged. But those are probably the two prime ways of catching those fish. A uh, live bait, I feel, when, especially when it's cold like this, uh, cold water temperature, mm-hmm. it's a big plus factor. There's going to be situations where you can cast crankbaits, uh, but also I do have quite a bit of bass fishing at this time of the year. Bass do bite, and plastics are probably the most productive, but not. this will be from uh, some shoreline areas where there's possibly some green weeds left. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of uh, what, uh, I, I guess, what are you looking for in terms of, of structure uh, when you get to a spot here in terms of, of like, hey, I think this could be a productive walleye spot? Well, generally speaking, you know, anything, you know, rocky areas can be good. Uh, here again, you have to be, you know, cognizant of what kind of bottom your 
working with, uh, but sand locations can be very, very good also. Uh, you do want to relate to deep water, but I have found in the past, Kevin, and as of even yesterday, early morning and later evening hours, that rule of, you know, bright sun, midday does, I really feel, uh, make a big difference. Mm-hmm. But, too, if you've got a cloudy day at this time of year, you can be still successful in catching these fish. But here again, too, is we have to look for a specific location uh, where we can find these fish. I, I do prefer deeper water, but also, too, now yesterday, for instance, I was fishing off a, a fishing pier. I was the only one there, and those fish were relating right to that fishing pier. So now it became cover and structure in deep water. Yep, and and you had everything right uh, right there, and you know uh, that's uh, that's great. And, and, and in terms of and in terms of the the depth or whatever, what uh, what kind of depth are we talking about here? Well, generally speaking, it's going to vary a lot, Kevin. I think what really is a key factor in this is food sources, mm-hmm. and you know, and these fish are yeah. going to follow those food sources, and that's something we have to relate to. It could be, uh, you know. A, the depth I was catching the walleyes yesterday was about six feet, and but it can vary so much. Uh, generally speaking, is you know if you're finding a spot that you want to fish, is work with different. And that's the word: a uh, slip bobber, casting a jig, and retrieving it slowly, swimming that jig back can be extremely productive. But these fish can vary in depths uh, so much, and that's where this slip bobber, casting a jig, depending on the species you're pers- pursuing, but a slip bobber works very, very well to identify the exact depth for these. Fish. Are at. Perfect. Perfect. Good to know. Good to know. Well, Terry, I've, I, anything else that uh, that you wanted to touch on here? I've got to. Uh, we kind of got to wind things down again this week. Uh, but uh, anything else you wanted to touch on here before uh, before I let you go? Well, I think really what we need to understand here is you know as so we sort of touched on it just now, but is understand the body of what that you are fishing. You know uh, what kind of wind? What is the water quality? What depths are you going to fish? How about fronts? You know, you mentioned structure, uh, fishing pressure. These are all questions that we need to ask our angle, uh, ourselves before we even uh, uh, even pursue that species. And when I'm talking about species, I don't know how many times that public accesses have asked anglers, what are you fishing for? And their comment is, whatever bites. <laughs> and that is not a good approach. We have to hone in on one species, have the equipment, the knowledge, uh, liquid crystal grass to find these fish, and then that becomes a starting point. Then we're able to catch those fish. Yep, exactly, exactly. Big A big difference between a sunfish and a, a, a walleye. <laughs> so. Oh, yes, there is. <laughs> the bite can be dissimilar, but the uh, location, many times, are going to be a whole lot different. Exactly, exactly. Well, Terry, uh, I, as always, uh, I, I really appreciate you being on the program today and, and sharing your knowledge with uh, uh, with me and with uh, with the listeners this morning, so it, it is uh, it is always much appreciated. So thank you. Well, your thank you too, Kevin. And hey, to all our listeners, don't put the boats away yet. If you haven't, if you have, get ready for ice fishing. Yep, exactly, exactly. Well, Terry, we'll uh, we will talk to you again soon. I, I again, I appreciate uh, appreciate you being on this morning. Well, thank you so much. You have a great day, Kevin. You too. You too. That is Tackle Terry Tuma on WKTY Outdoors, uh, again sharing uh, his wealth of knowledge, and uh, it's uh, always good to get him on the program here. i got to take another break, and then we'll uh, be back to wrap up WKTY Outdoors for this Saturday. Stay tuned. Got a few more minutes left to go in the show here on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. WKTY Outdoors, brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. 
He'll tell you where the fish are biting. Just go in and ask. As kids, you spent your autumns bobbing for apples. While you were belly up to that trough, I was hanging off the side of a boat bobbing for fish. I never did catch one, though. Years later, some guy tells me to go to Roscoe's Libate. They helped me find a pole, tackle, and a whole bunch of other goodies, too. Wouldn't you know it, that made fishing a whole lot easier. Fall fishing is even better when you don't fall in. Cast your line as the air cools with Roscoe's Live Bait and Toma. Stop in to get the gear you need and to find out where they're biting. Roscoe's, it's where everyone goes. Now at Menards, get 11% off everything. Over 50 in-stock Kitta home safety products are 11% off. Get a smoke alarm with a 10-year sealed-in battery. It's only 15-12 after 11% rebate. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Good through November 7th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. The WKTY Sports Blast is now sponsored by our good friends at Blue Honey Biofuels, helping restaurants take their used cooking oil and turn it into renewable biodiesel for the state of Wisconsin and surrounding states. The WKTY Sports Blast, absolutely free to sign up for, comes to your email once a day. No spam involved. Sign up right now at WKTYsports.com for the Sports Blast brought to you by Blue Honey Biofuels. WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. It is coming up on 8.59 and got just enough time to thank Terry Tuma again for being on the program today. I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed it and uh, uh, got some good information. I know I, you know, whenever I get him on the show, I always uh, always end up learning some new things, and that's uh, that's part of the fun of, uh, of what I do is just uh, being able to, to learn new things and, and share new ideas and new thoughts with you and maybe remind you of a few things you might have forgotten. So, again, get out there and enjoy the weekend. It's going to be going to be gorgeous. Be safe, be well, and uh, we'll do it again next Saturday with another edition of WKTY Outdoors, brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma and by Ace of Lacrosse Sportsland on the South side of lacrosse in Shelby Mall. You have yourself a tremendous weekend, and if you get the opportunity, by all means, you know it's great. Going to be a great weekend, so take the kids outside and teach them the joys of the outdoors. We'll see you next Saturday on WKTY Outdoors. Your station for sports. WKTY Lacrosse, 96.7 FM, 580 AM.